I'm David Bryan. And I'm Brenda Bryan. This is Renovation Made Right. If you're considering a remodeling project now or sometime in the future, Renovation Made Right is your single source to help guide you through getting the project you want and an experience that you'll enjoy. Renovation Made Right tackles topics that range from how to select the right project and contractor to tips on surviving the remodeling process to best practices for kitchen and bath design. We have over 30 years of experience in the industry and are owners of the well-established design-build remodeling company Black Dog Builders in Salem and Nashua, New Hampshire. We're sitting down with industry professionals to tap into their experiences and insights so we can equip you with the tools you need to make your own project a success. Welcome back to Renovation Made Right. I am Brenda Bryan. And I am David Bryan. And today we are going to have episode four, because he's such a good guest, with Greg Kyer of Floor Me. And we're going to be doing a deep dive into vinyl products, LVP. What are the, what are the letters? Yeah, LVP, electric vinyl tile. Right. Electric vinyl plank. Yeah. Right? And. L- LVT, which is, thank you. I just, these, these acronyms kill me. And then we're also going to talk about sheet vinyl. Sheet vinyl, yep, exactly. So welcome, Greg. Welcome. Thanks for having me back, guys. I always have a really fun time joining in on the podcast with you. Thank you. Well, we're glad to have you, and I, uh, I, at least speaking for me, I know I always walk away with uh, some new information about uh, about flooring that I didn't other otherwise previously understand. So, um, looking forward to uh, to gaining some some new knowledge. So, we got a bunch of questions for you, but in general, uh, would love to get sort of an overview of the market and and. I'm going to start with a little bit of my own ignorance, I think. Like, I, I know, you know, for Ooh, a while... I love when we start with your ignorance. <laughs> yeah, we could take up a whole show with my ignorance, right? We could take up a month with my ignorance, right? <laughs> um, and uh, so when, uh, for, for a long time, uh, there was like sort of, you know, I'm going to use a brand name, um, but like sort of like Kleenex is to facial tissues, Pergo is to click together laminate flooring. And Pergo kind of was like Correct. for a long time the, the standard bearer, but... That market has ex- changed a lot and expanded a lot. Help us understand the difference between something like a pergo, which, as I understand, is a is a laminate floor, versus uh, another manufacturer that makes a vinyl uh, kind of uh, of tile. So help us understand how that evolution of the markets come and and wh- why things are are where they are and what's popular. Okay, yeah, that's a really good question. So laminate flooring, the old pergo style floor, was a uh, MDF core, medium density fiber core, and um, when that first came out in the market, it was like the most amazing, like scratch-proof, you know, type of floor. It started to cut into hardwood floor sails. It was a tongue and groove that you used to have to glue and strap it together with these big long straps, and that eventually evolved um, evolved into a uh, floating floor. So it had a locking mechanism that the floor would you know kind of click into place and laminate floors were off you know once it became that you know click floating version it became um, a great product for customers to kind of do yourself Um, and it really started to take over the market you know as far as that hard surface something that looks similar to hardwood flooring Uh, but its downfall and its ultimate demise was it was very sensitive to moisture Mm. you know having that medium density fiber core um, so, you know, for instance, if you had your dog bowl in the kitchen and it's filled with water right. and the dog slobbering, eventually that would seep into the seams and it would blister the product. Right. So good for dry areas, not a really great all, you know, all around. 
Um, and what really kind of took over, you know, that product category, that MDF laminate. And I find it amazing that, you know, something could be so popular in this new, um, you know, something is um, that comes out into the market that just totally squashes that. And that's what happened to laminate, and that's because of the vinyl plank flooring. Okay. What they revert to is LVP, a luxury vinyl plank, or LVT, luxury vinyl tile. Uh, and where that really kind of got a foothold, and it's been around for a long, long time, but it was a glue-down version that you would see in commercial applications. Like if you went to Walmart or department store and you saw that vinyl planking that looked like wood, it was glued to the floor. Right. But once they went over to that floating format on that, on a, on that platform, that's when sales really took off and it broke into the residential market. So why do you think um, just switching from a glue down to a to a, a floating floor made such a difference? Is it because it could now be installed by a do-it-yourselfer? Or is it just easier um, to install in general and so more installers were willing to take it on? Yeah, I think it fits more to a kind of a do-it-yourself project. Um, it's more user-friendly. Uh, there is a lot of um, extra floor preparation if you want to glue this down. You know, a little bit less if you're gluing it down on a cement floor. But if that's going down in your home residentially over like a plywood floor, you need to add another layer of plywood and actually have a prepared surface for it. To glue it. So it made it a little bit, little, little bit more um, friendly on the installation side in the click format. Okay. So, so are you saying that, that essentially laminate is pretty well non-existent except maybe in a big box store here and there? Is it, it, it's just, it is. You okay. know, if you go into, you know, big box and you, you look around, you can find this MDF laminate for like $1.50 a square foot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who's buying this nowadays. It's, it's just, you know, the, the people coming into the store, I would say at least a third of them are looking for LVP. Okay. So the vinyl does not have the water problem. So you can use it in a wet environment like a bathroom or kitchens? You can, and, and to the point where um, it's so waterproof, it can be installed and disassembled. I had a customer years ago that we did a dining room for him. It was a large dining room, maybe you know, 12 by 15 or around that size. We did the floor 100% complete, moved the furniture back in, and this customer went on vacation and their baseboard heat developed a pinhole and was spraying water onto the floor for quite an extended period of time. So when they came home, they called their insurance restoration company. You know, they unclicked the floor, put it in the garage, dried it out, restored the area, the drywall. We actually reinstalled the same product back into the room. Wow. Yeah, okay. that's pretty So, pretty So amazing. in other words, the subfloor needed to be replaced in the drywall, but the floor was fine. The floor was fine. Yeah. Interesting. And one of the one of the other really big, um, you know, one of the big differences between the two products is um, if you want to do a board replacement or a plank replacement. So with the glue down product, that goes down with the pressure sensitive adhesive. It goes on with a low nap paint roller, and you let it dry and get tacky, almost like flypaper. Mm-hmm. Then you install the product and you roll it out with a hundred pound roller, so that plank is releasable. So if something catastrophic happens to one of your planks, it's easy to pull that out with the glue-down insulation, put another one in, and stick it in. But with a floating floor, if you have a damaged plank in the middle of the room, most of the times the best method is to disassemble the floor up to that point. There is a method to you know, pull a plank and modify the locking mechanism, but I've never done that, and I think you compromise the, um, 
that locking mechanism to a point that I wouldn't recommend that. Right. Sure. And so one of the things that was a, a problem historically with uh, and a criticism of the, the laminate floor, if you will, is the, the, the sound, the tapping, the clickiness that can happen. You can walk on it. You can hear if there's any uh, imperfections or, or hollow spots in the subfloor the floor tends to, can, can make noise when you go over it or can kind of give way under it. it, it does the vinyl floor have contour better to, uh, to the, the, uh, the, the space or is the vinyl floor um, also subject to the same kind of uh, clickiness? It does, and that's one of, the, um, one of the things that customers didn't like about the old pergo floors. It had that clicky sound when you walked on it. And that's just because of the, you know, the construction of the product and the materials they're using. On the other side, to LVP, a lot of these have a solid vinyl core that runs right through. And there's a pad attached to the back, usually a cork backing or some kind of um, other synthetic backing. So between the two of those, that really minimizes the, um, the sound when you're walking in the product, which is more desirable for customers. You know, it's kind of annoying to have a, a clicky floor like. Yeah, it's- Especially if you think that most there's there's very few perfect floors out there, and perfect substrates, right? There's always usually some variation on you know uh, floors not being totally flat. Yeah, and that's one of the things too. You know, a lot of these, you know, it's really too bad that big box sets you know these precedents and they throw things out there. And I had a customer come in and one time they went to big box and they you know they had a video of someone's like grandmother installing like a pergo floor and they're like, Oh, how hard can that be? It was literally, it was like someone that could be someone's grandmother and he bought the stuff and took it home. And it wasn't that easy to put together. Right. So the installation is critical um, with tips. So anytime someone comes in looking to do a floor and they want to do it themselves, I give them a referral back to the manufacturer and uh, installation guidelines and little tips like using a tapping block because you can, click that plank together, but it's, if it's not 100% engaged, then that could potentially um, come undone in the future. You know, things like that and, you know, the tolerances with your substrate being flat are literally like an eighth of an inch within 10 feet because mm-hmm. you don't want that floor to flex up and down and compromise a locking mechanism. Um, so it t- might take a little bit of floor prep, some, you know, a cement-based floor leveler or something to skim out the floor and, you know, just prep it to where it needs to be. But that's that's actually kind of, and this is stuff we've talked about before, but that's actually a pretty compelling argument to make sure you're working with a professional installer and being careful on the DIY side of it because, you know, you say an eighth of an inch over 10 feet, the average person would look at that and go like, what, that's that's pretty darn flat. What's the big deal? We can go ahead and install that. But, but this even the even the good quality LVP products can still uncouple if if the substrate's not in pretty good shape, right? Correct, and and you know it's you, some of the silly things that you just kind of take you know take that are obvious. Like have you ever been into a little sub shop or a little convenience store and the owner bought you know some kind of laminate or LVP floor and they installed it, but they didn't stagger the planks. Mm. Right. They, they lined all of them up and all the butt joints. It looked like they were, you know, thinking of installing tile. So the advice on the installation side is really, really important. Uh, one of the things that I think makes a huge difference in this, in the done when this is visually, so each plank is a predetermined length. You don't want your butt joints to line up. So if you're stepping back, 
looking at all these butt joints, you want them to be random. Mm -hmm. You don't want every third or fourth plank to have these butt joints line up, because then it looks more like more of a manufactured floor. If you do it random, that's really trying to mimic a hardwood floor. Sure, sure. So one question I I ask, and I, I always find this to be the case for me, is whenever I think about doing something myself, I get on YouTube and I look at the installation videos, and then after I watch like several installation videos, I go, yeah, I'm not doing this myself. So <laughs> I would highly recommend that for anybody who's thinking about doing these things is just really figure out, um, you know, what's involved before you take it on. Because um, sometimes it's just better to let a professional do it. So I have another question. When is it a good idea to use sheet goods as opposed to like these plank or, or vinyl tiles? Like why? What would be what would be a, a situation where that would make sense? Like when we grew up, that's all. That was yeah. in, our, in our kitchens and our grandmother's. Yeah, kitchens everybody had vinyl, and it's and it's still very popular. I mean, apples for apples on the cost side, sheet vinyl is um, one of the most affordable floors for material and labor. Mm-hmm. But you know, sheet vinyl is another one of these products that have evolved to be a loose light product. So you know, back in the day, the standard was. Um, what they call felt back vinyl, and that actually had a paper backing on it, like felt, but it was more, you know, more on the paper side. But it was just classified as felt back vinyl, and that needed to be um, installed with a full spread adhesive. And the problem with that is vinyl, by the nature of what it is, has a tendency to constrict over time. And a lot of these felt back vinyls, the seam would actually gap and would start to open up. It would curl around the edges because there's too much surface tension on it that wasn't, you know, um, compensated by putting something in the back. So just like the old Pergo, the old felt-back vinyl um, got put by the wayside. It's not even on the market anymore. So what they did is they came out with a, what they call a soft-back vinyl that's, um, most of it's the same. It has a, um, like a fiberglass core, um, so it lays flat like a blanket on the floor. It can be loose laid. Um, it can be, you know, put down with, um, you know, subfloor, full spread. Uh, it's a pretty amazing product. And when this first came out, you know, years and years ago, my rep came in and IVC was the first company to put this out. My rep had, you know, a sample that was two feet by two feet, put a screw through the back and he put it in the countertop and he said, lift it up. I said, what do you mean lift it up? He's like, grab that screw and try and lift it up. So it was a four-inch screw coming out of the sample. I grabbed it, tried to lift it off the counter, and I couldn't because that suction held it to the floor. Hmm. So now it goes from a professionally installed product to a product that you could, that you could put in your basement. Um, you know, one of the most common places is to loose lay this in a basement in a, a wood grain visual. So now you get something that's kind of warm and inviting looking that's below grade versus mm-hmm. something that looks like tile that might be cold. Um, overall, it's still a popular option for kitchens and bathrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we have a we have a good selection of that here, and it's still a, a really good product. And you're saying the cost is less than than VCT or VCP. So, what what's the delta on that? Like, just in a in a round number. Um, if you were looking at a high end sheet vinyl, something that had 15 year warranty, residential could be 350 a square foot mm-hmm. if you looked at that same type product a high-end LVP um, that could be you know five fifty six dollars a square foot okay and mm-hmm. the, but the cost of the labor to install I would assume is 
similar or is it less expensive? The labor is less. It's about a dollar less a square foot okay. to, to install sheet vinyl. Okay. So as, a, as an overall package, it's probably, you know, 20 to 30% less expensive? I would say so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But, the, you know, the, the really tough thing about sheet vinyls, you need someone good to install. Yeah, yeah. So you can you can hire a contractor, you can you know install LVP yourself, and if you get a plank in that's crooked or it's just not right, you can pop it out and kind of start again. But with sheet vinyl, it's really kind of a dying art with some of these contractors. But you, so you really need someone good to install that. Whether they're pulling baseboards, you know, installing it, then capping the baseboards back on, or if you get someone that pattern scribes. Mm-hmm. Where we'll make a pattern of the entire area, still pulling the baseboards, tracing it, and just dropping it in like a glove. So if you do have sheet vinyl installed, make sure that the the contract has a lot of experience doing it. Yeah, I've I've watched good vinyl guys, and it is like you said, it's kind of a a dying art. It's an amazing process to watch somebody make a template, uh, and you know, in in the kitchen space, and then take that and lay that over the vinyl, and make the and make it perfect. And then when when the and it's unwieldy, right? It's not that easy to roll the vinyl back up and then get it back in the space yeah, it's and, heavy. and tuck it into all the and tuck it all, all the right nooks and crannies. But it when you got a person who knows what they're doing, it's really quite a cool thing to watch. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, and one of the one of the things that really um, helped a lot with this going from a felt back vinyl to soft back is the seam sealer that they used to use on a felt back is what they would call a topical seam sealer. You know, it's a two part. You mix it up, and you have a tiny paintbrush, and you kind of paint it on top of the seam. And you could always see that. You know, mm-hmm. even though it was low gloss and it would match the gloss of the vinyl, you could step back and still see that. But when they changed over to the soft back vinyl, they went to a latex seam sealer. So basically, you're putting a bead of that in between the two sheets. It, it gets put down, pushed tight, and it gets wiped down. So it's really fused together from the two cut edges mm-hmm. instead of trying to do that on top. And you don't get the shrinking of the vinyl. So all around, it's just a much, much better product than the felt bag. So let's talk a little bit about um, sort of the aesthetics of uh, LVP uh, because I, I've noticed uh, just being in the store, I've noticed uh, – there's lots of, first of all, the looks can be really um, impressive. Look, as many of those floors look just like wood. I've noticed some of them have sort of embossing, so you actually not only get the, the visual impression of whatever the product might be, wood or stone or whatever, but then you get some textural uh, difference as well. You know, how, but because at the end of the day, the, uh, the LVP, what you're looking at is really sort of just like a picture, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's a, it's a digital picture of real wood flooring. Um, so, you know, just like any product, the more time it goes through manufacturing, the more cost there will be added to that. And it's the same with carpet, tile, or anything else. But on the LVP side, all LVP products are embossed, meaning it has a texture to it. If it's registered and embossed, that texture actually matches the picture of the grain. So that's important to some people. If they're putting this in a big great room and there's a lot of sun in there and you know, if you get the light shining across the floor just right and that texture matches the picture, that's where it really looks like a, a real hardwood floor. And it's the same on the edge. So it either comes in what they call a micro bevel or a painted bevel. If the painted bevel is done right, that's where the definition of that plank really jumps out at you. Um, so there's different treatments that add a little bit more realism to, you know, the different products as you move up the line. So 
So when you're talking about that, how the um, the texture matches the picture, you're saying it like literally, like when you look at it, it really is so. So you said in a sunny room, you can you can look at it and say, "Wow, I couldn't tell the difference between this and than an actual." One. Yeah. So if you have a, a picture of a knot that's yeah. in that plank, there's texture to match that knot. knot yeah. And these cool. can be very very realistic. You know, mm -hmm. I've. I find for the most part, people shopping for LVP or hardwood, they know what they want before they come in the store. Mm -hmm. Maybe one or two instances, people are crossing over from wood to LVP, but when you explain the differences in the registered and embossed, which most people wouldn't even know walking into big blocks, but once you point that out to the customer, and I bring the sample over by the window and kind of rock it back and forth and they can see it, yep. sometimes that's a deciding factor that, hey, you know what, nobody told me that before. I really like the registered and embossed, but at the same time, if I didn't mention that to a customer, they might not notice a difference, and that's something that we all pride ourselves on is giving those extra product tips to customers and right. so, they, so they can just make a better decision. And maybe, this, maybe this goes without saying, but just curious as you're talking about these different levels of just sort of the the basic image that's on the plank versus the embossed versus the registered embossed are those all equating to um, prices sort of up the ladder so you're starting at a base price and then and you move to embossed and that increases the price and you move to registered and that's the top end or is it not always like that no that's true so they do go up in price uh, more time in manufacturing equates to you know more expensive product but uh, all the products are embossed. But yes, if it's registered, the price goes up a little bit. If it's a painted beveled edge, um, the price goes up at that too. So, but one of the things that you mentioned before is that regardless of the cost of the material that you choose, if you choose the least expensive VCP versus the most expensive VCP, the cost of installation doesn't really change. So you're really just talking about the material costs, right? Yeah, and so the way I put this to customers, and it's very similar to someone looking at hardwood, carpet, tile, or anything, there's a fixed cost on the, the labor, on the tear-up, and pulling your baseboards, moving your furniture, whatever's involved, and you're looking at a $3 product. And if you go to a $4 product, that being the only variable, if you're putting down 300 feet of this, is it worth it? to pay $300 more to get something that you really like? Right. And my answer is yes. I'm always kind of pushing that limit. You know what? I'm not buying a new grill for another 10 years. Mm -hmm. Do I want to spend an extra 100 or $200 on it? Right. Well, same thing. You know, if you're putting a floor down, it's not just the cost of the floor. It's the it's the pain in the butt part of it, right? Moving all your furniture and everything else. So this is a it purchase is. that people make for, you know, 15, 20, 25 years, um, maybe more. So, yeah. It, it makes sense to put something down that's going to wear better, and um, and you're going to be happy with longer. And interesting, one of the things you mentioned to me that I've that I found interesting because it's just different than the way I think about maybe the second floor of home. We, we we live in a cape, and all of our bedrooms are on the second floor, and all of the bedrooms are in the hallway is carpet, right? Um, and that feels warmer to us. But uh, I hear you talking sort of many times about uh, you selling clients. A whole second floor of LVP, so that we're taking out whatever the existing flooring is and putting LVP in the second floor. Is that? Are you seeing that as more common? What What do you think is driving that decision for people? Why Why is that uh, a popular, becoming a more popular product in you know other places other than the first floor? Yeah. So um, you know, honestly, I feel carpet has gotten a bad rap over the past ten or fifteen years with all these new products coming out and 
you know, they're really considered forever flaws, you know, just kind of using that term loosely. But um, people don't like carpet because they don't, they don't maintain their carpet. You know, they install it. They never, ever clean it. There's some homes I've been into that never had their carpet steam cleaned and it gets ripped out and they put new carpet in and throw the old carpet in the driveway and they're like, oh my God, I've been living with that for, <laughs> you know, 10 years. You know, and, and any product, it needs maintenance and needs upkeep. Carpet probably more so than anything else. But, you know, you're right. A lot of people are saying, oh, I had enough of carpet. I go into some homes. There's no carpet in any rooms. And even in my house, I have carpet in one room, and that used to be my mother's bedroom. So people do want that consistency of material running through their home. They they don't like the dirt and the, the cleaning and the trapping dust. And, right. I know for uh, people so a lot with of allergies folks are or that. asthma, that's, that's often a real issue for them. You know, getting, the, getting yeah. rid of the carpet is actually helpful for their health. Great. So... Um, so is there anything else that we should be able to share with our listeners as it relates to sort of the vinyl side of the flooring business uh, as we're kind of, we've got a couple more minutes and then we should kind of wrap up? Yeah, so just, just in a nutshell, you know, finding, you know, the correct product and having it installed, go to a reputable independent flooring store. That's where you get the best service, the best knowledge. Things are really in a tight circle instead of going to big box where you're, have a salesperson that maybe was working in plumbing and now they're in flooring and you schedule a measure and you don't know who the measure person surface, you know, it goes out to a service and same on the installation side. And, you know, I've heard this horror stories with big box. I had a customer years ago and he wanted to do hybrid flooring in his home. It came up to $7,000. And he said, you know, I need to get some comparative quotes. He went to Home Depot. He got a quote for $6,000. He said, you know what, that's a lot of money. I'd love to do business with you guys. You guys are great, but that's a lot of money to save. Contracted Home Depot, these three guys showed up in a van with New Jersey plates on the van, and they had the guts to ask the customers if they could sleep in the van in their driveway. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and this guy, he told us a story after. So find a reputable place, get some good knowledge on you know, the products and, you know, if it's explained in a, in a kind of a logical way, you can kind of kind of pick a good, better, best product, depending on how long you plan on staying in your home. But I want to mention one more thing. So there's LVP. We didn't talk about LVT, and that's a luxury vinyl tile visual. And so the LVP has usually worked great with these digital pictures, put onto wood. You can pull almost any one of them, and they look realistic. But there's something in the trying to copy that digital image with tile that doesn't work as well. So that's been something that's been missing from the marketplace is a realistic LVT that you can put side by side with real tile and it looks the same. There's been um, some new products that have come out in the marketplace. One of my favorites is Cortec. And so Cortec launched a Cortec stone and it's not as it a stone composite which makes it a lot, lot denser. But the new visuals in this, they're just amazing. I mean, they, they look like real tile. And there's some other ones out there that are decent, but um, you know, a little more challenging to find something you like in an LVT versus LVP. Hmm. All right. Well, but very exciting product category, and there's really good questions you know, for, for consumers. 
Awesome. Well, Greg, as always, I walk away from our conversations uh, knowing more than when I started. So I know. It's like, it's like a thank seminar you. on yeah, yeah, time. Yeah, so thank you for the information. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, and thank you for being with us again. So um, oh, you're welcome. we have come to the end of another Renovation Made Right. I am David Bryan. And I'm Brenda Bryan. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes on our website, renovationmaderight.com, and follow us on social media at Renovation Made Right. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you like the show, leave us a review.